0: ever, I do apologise for causing that, but I suppose it's time to actually think about getting to the show Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's the Beer Engine podcast yet again. Uh, me, uh, fresh from Florida, uh, still, still a little bit uh, trying to shake off the the moisture of a time in Florida. Really, uh, my, I, I've become a desert dweller much faster than I thought I would acclimate. I truly was was miserable in the summer in Florida from a from a temperature standpoint. Anyways, it was just. Um, I felt like I was sweating in bed, out of the shower, pretty much everywhere, onto the jet bridge at the airport, just always like a little bit of perspiration on the top of my forehead, really unpleasant, really gross, and I smelled bad. Tony, now you're fresh off of a trip to a whole other different type of uh, place where the temperature changes quickly, Uh, the land of the coronavirus 2019. Have you heard of it?
0: Well, I certainly have. I felt it now. It was a a wave. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so the Omicron the Omicron variant, has t- took took up hold, took up residence in in Tony's sort of slightly um, malfunctioning, but already malfunctioning uh, home he's living in over there. Uh, and uh, so how's that? How's that go? How'd that go for you? Was it was it a painful experience? Was it a sort of normal, mild cold experience? Somewhere in between? How'd you do?
0: I wouldn't say. I'll- it was a mild experience. But on the other other side of the ledger, it's not like the flu for me, at least this time around, right. being vaccinated four times. What I would say, it's the weirdest harsh cold I've ever had in symptom-wise. Yeah. Nothing followed a traditional path. Nothing was right. crazy, don't get me wrong. These are all the things that you have with a normal cold, but this virus, for whatever reason, just the symptoms came in weird orders at weird times, right. and I didn't have some of the things I was expecting. My, being an asthmatic, I'm used to really chesty, um, phlegmy um. Respiratory yeah. systems with, with, I'm deep not even an asthmatic
1: and I'm used to, I'm used to the chesty. Uh, oh, you meant something else.
0: <laughs> yes, I did mean something else. I was
1: but, like, do only asthmatics get looking at chesty women? What the hell are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> but, um,
0: it was just a slight cough that was more in the upper throat than anything, which is sure. really mild. Uh, the body aches
1: seems to take up, seems to like get up there in yeah. the upper respiratory system. It doesn't seem – this new one doesn't seem to like the lower respiratory system so, so much.
0: Yeah, that, that was the weird part of it for me. But I had the body aches, but they only lasted 24 hours. I had the the cough that lasted for a couple of days and the runny nose, and, and that was generally it for me. Um, how I pull out the other side, um, because I'm just coming out of quarantine, by the time this show gets posted, I should be fully out of quarantine. Um, how things like tiredness and stuff goes going forward. I think you only find that out in the weeks after, but otherwise I feel tremendous.
1: Yeah, I was fine after. I didn't really have any of the tiredness or like lingering loss, any loss of taste or any of that shit yeah. that really came around. I haven't I lost had, any um, taste. Thank Christ. Mine felt more like a normal cold except for just a couple of random symptoms like my tongue felt really gooey one day. Oh, and I was really? like, why is it that, you know, like it's kind of slippery and awkward. Um, and then I was having the ass problems. So my, my ass was not, my ass and stomach were not too awesome during COVID for me. But that's not unusual for me when I actually have an illness. So typically when I get the flu, it does seem to be like a combo stomach respiratory Thing. pretty much everything has come with I've ever had has come with accompanying uh toilet me on the toilet experience um no no vomiting just just gross shitting you know nasty yep not good didn't no. like that was my least favorite part because I wasn't hungry or anything so I just kind of felt this right like, uneasy you know that uneasy not nausea but just like uncomfortable stomach feeling not not excellent so yeah that was just a couple days of that and i should have known i was getting sick because i also had the body aches and mine always hit my quads it's my quads hurt first the big muscle groups yeah so my 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 quads are always sore and i'm like damn why do my quads hurt was i really riding the bike that hard and i should have known (laughs) i was getting sick yeah
0: Yep. no it did, did get me into a couple of new tv shows one actually only released Yesterday in Australia, it's a show that you've probably watched all eight episodes of on FX in America, on Disney Plus in Australia. Did you want to take a guess at what show that would be?
1: All eight episodes.
0: It's based in Chicago. It's not a reality. Yeah, the bear. Watch the first two episodes of the bear?
1: Yep, I'm through the first three, I think. I, it gives me some – I get a little anxious watching that show and it um, – That's
0: the whole point, so I, I think.
1: Yeah, I know, but so I can't watch it before I go to sleep. I, <laughs> I don't really want to watch it before I go to bed. because so I start thinking about all the things – and I start thinking about Italian beef, so sort of a combo uh, issue there.
0: The surprise for me, I knew Matty Matheson was an executive producer and he was involved in the uh, training of the chefs, but to see him play a role – and a decent role, at least in the first two episodes.
1: Um, a non-cooking person, yeah.
0: As an actor, as a as a ha- uh, handyman kind of thing.
1: He's pretty. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of good acting in that show. I, yeah. I think it, I think it's good. we were trying. Me and Kelly were sitting there ha- racking our brains as to who um who the cousin was. And we realized that we recognized him because he played John Carreyrou in the in the dropout the uh, in the fucking show with uh, Elizabeth Holmes.
0: Okay, yeah, I I Amanda, watched that Amanda,
1: one. Amanda Seyfried as Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, it's pretty good to watch. Um, and the other show. Yeah, so I, I was like, I know that guy. Yeah. Well, and the other way, the other guy he Lads from Shameless.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Io. Um, she does a great job. I think it, that's yep. her name. Yeah. Yep, um, they're good. But the other show, which I'm sure you've seen because it's on Netflix, um, used to be a Food Network show, I think, uh, SBS show for us, Iron Chef.
1: Oh, yeah, the new Iron Chef is pretty good, I think. It's um, really good. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I You know who I love is – well, I, I, I think Zimmern is amazing on that show. Yep. He's really good. Um, you know, Alton Brown, he's just an like, annoying person, but he's fine. Alton's out. kind of like – full of shit but I actually like the co-host I like Kristen Kish I yeah. loved her on Iron Chef too um and I remember her short-lived show she did with a soccer player named Kyle Martino where they traveled around very briefly um yeah I have I've enjoyed that show quite a bit um I like watching the chefs step up their game after they lose like Ming, Ming Tsai got his ass whipped and then came came out and, and beat someone else's ass and turned his turned his level up. He sort of realized what he had to do. Um, Curtis Stone did like a real fucking good job on there. I was like, he okay, he's actually good. He, I just know him from doing QVC. Oh, okay. Bullshit. No, and, no. And I'm like, well, what's this fucking guy's deal? And I'm like, oh shit, this guy can cook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now Curtis is a staple of Australian cooking TV. He goes back to a show called Surfing the Menu. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube if you want to see his, like, super early work um, with another guy called Bender. And then um, I think he was involved in a cooking show with Luke Longley's now wife. Um, Okay.
1: And... Yeah, I, uh, I thought he really did some damage in, in his episode. He, yeah. uh, or at least the first one I saw with him in it. Um, and, I um, thought uh, I thought the one the one I wasn't a fan of. Honestly, there was only one episode that I got irritated watching, and it was the one with Dominique Kren. Did you watch that one?
0: Um, I've watched two episodes with her in it.
1: So with yeah. Domini Kren. Was she the – oh, yeah, no, she's the Iron Chef. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking of her as a challenger because I remember her losing in next Iron Chef. But <laughs> um, she goes up against the guy from Chicago, from Ever in Chicago, Curtis Duffy is yep. the guy's name. And I was pissed off because I was like, oh, that guy's going to win. He's actually doing something with this milk challenge. And she made four desserts. Like, this bitch made four desserts. <laughs> he gets on a meal. What the fuck? <laughs> it pissed me off. And then she won anyway, so –
0: yeah, Shit. but did you watch the um, two teams of just iron chefs battle each other?
1: I did. That was good. Was that yes. the football one? Um, that
0: was the um, medieval feast. So that was oh good. yeah. yeah that, that, was that was Curtis crazy. and Dominique Cren versus yeah. uh, Marcus Samuelson and I forget the other lady's name. She's specialized. Oh, she's in- really good though. It's
1: Gabriella Camara, yeah. Camara, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all really good. I like all the. I think all the chefs are really good. Um, all their different perspectives. I, you know, I was glad that Ming Sai it doesn't like. He's a legend in this stuff, so I'm surprised. You know, he had never had the chance to do this. And I was sad when he got his ass whipped, and he, he does come back. Not to spoil it too much for you, but he does come back and do a nice job. I haven't watched the end yet, though. I haven't seen the finale. So, no. Um, gonna have to, gonna have to put that together here in the next few days. Uh, I will say you can also – I was able to – I don't know where you would be able to find it, Tony, but we can watch all of the old Japanese Iron Chefs on Peacock here, which is like the NBC fucking streaming shit. Okay, that's and, why uh, I
0: mentioned SBS because that's how I first got into Iron Chef. Not Iron Chef America, just good old Iron Chef.
1: So- Morimoto, Morimoto, young Morimoto in the silver uh, – in the silver outfit with the French fry basket hat. Yep. Uh, getting, getting challenged by all these like old, old sushi chefs from a million years ago who are like, he doesn't honor Japanese cuisine. And then him obliterating them to outer space. This is yep. blowing them up into a million pieces. Yeah. Uh, that guy's a fucking killer. I got to go to his place in the MGM before, before it inevitably is turned into something else.
0: Oh, and sorry, I did find a third cooking show during COVID, sensing okay. a theme here. It's a terrible Food Network show, but I fucking love it because it's so terrible and it's got some old top chef judges. Um, mm-hmm. It's the Julia Child Challenge.
1: Oh, I do want to watch that, actually. I'll be honest. I'm sure it's not good, but I do want to watch it.
0: I think you'll love it. You love some trash TV. This was trash TV in the most fun, harmless way.
1: Watched a remarkable amount of it. Um, Yeah, I I was happy to have Iron Chef back in my life. It was always such a go-to for me. Um, To be honest, as much as I think Beat Bobby Flay is fucking corny and stupid, I do watch it sometimes because (laughs) I just sort of like somebody – I just like when Bobby Flay whips on some kid. It's like, it's like, it's like me being like, uh, yeah, I could, I could be an all-star in little league baseball to, uh, now, you know, it's that, it's that type of thing. You just show up and beat on some child. It's super. Um, that's good, Tony. I, you know, COVID for me was sort of the same thing, trying to find different cooking and shows about joining a cult that I could watch. That was really, um, my main focus, you know, this actually, this, this here weekend when I was flying down to Florida, I, uh, I had a nice time. It was very hot, but I did get to fly first class, which everybody loves. Of course uh, I bumped, do. Got some upgrades. And I was relaxing and watching my movie that I downloaded. And I watched the mo- You're going to like this one, Tony. I watched the new movie about John McAfee, the ah. antivirus feller.
0: That's he not what crazy. he's known for in my world. He's known for the weird guy that lived in Bolivia or wherever the fuck he lived and uh, went on I think to think That's mostly people.
1: what he's known for. Yeah. He lived in Bolivia and ki- what killed that um, neighbor. Yep. And uh, escaped on a boat and got sent back to Miami and married a hooker and uh, was constantly paranoid that he was be- being like searched. So he's always carrying like 20 guns around. And then when people did just want to let him into their country, they were like, "Oh wait, you're carrying like 25 weapons and thousands of rounds of ammunition. You can't come in here." So, he pretty much he pretty much sunk himself over and over again. And he's a total lunatic. It was really fun to watch, so I highly recommend if you want to watch a lunatic for for an hour and 45 minutes. That's pretty good. Okay. Well, that'd be
0: That'd be interesting because I only know him sort of through Wikipedia and through other stories about what a fucking whack job he was. So yeah, that this one's too, pretty good. Yeah, it it sounds it.
1: Speaking of old crazy wackos, Tony, how about Donald Trump? Have you have you been? You been I, we don't have Alex Jones to update us anymore. I need a new segment. Um, nothing nothing for you to tell us about Alex Jones. Is there any news from the? From your from where you've stationed yourself um, sort of as a war reporter on the outskirts of the um, right-wing lunatic uh, uh, I guess missile silo uh, is there anything you you're, are you taking any damage are you even taking any hits from the Trump uh, Trump fucking document lunatic shit because it looks pretty like there's been some pretty funny stuff.
0: Um, I haven't been taking any shrapnel but have I been uh, following it really closely? Absolutely, fucking This is a man who, um, this is the definition of privilege. This is a man who thought these documents were essentially yeah. shampoo bottles at a four-and-a-half-star hotel that you can just take because you're paying for the room, you get to take the, the shampoo, which you do. I include that as part of my... He's taken it
1: a few times, yeah. We, we've sort of backed off on that these days, but yeah. just because I have too much of it.
0: Yeah, but that's what he thought of top-secret top documents. He thought he was privileged enough to get himself whatever he wanted, whatever he wanted to take, he could take. They then became his. He's the ultimate yep. pack-rack, regardless of standing and procedure and all, all the other things. He thought the rules didn't apply to him. Um, yeah. But I just love, love the ineptitude of his counsel. It is outstanding.
1: And everybody involved with him, really. I mean, but you're exactly right, right? So we've talked about this many times. Uh, there's not a lot of it, – it's hard to figure out what the nefarious, uh, you know, 10-step plan he had in his future from taking these documents because there isn't one. He just thought they were his – and he gets to take them. These are mine. I want. Yep. I, I get to keep these. Uh, I'm taking these with me. And, you know, I don't want anyone else to see my private documents. These are coming home with me. <laughs> uh, there's really nothing else to it than that. And he's like, well, why am I, Why would I get in trouble? I've never gotten in trouble. Yeah. Which is true. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's really all there is to it. I don't know why. Any, I, you got to be crazy to think after 80 years, this guy has like finally come up with his Deep, deep, like this deep state Machiavellian plan to dominate the world. No, no, he just fucking is like, no, put it in the box. This is mine. Yep, I, I know, and it's just like, there's
0: no like 3D chess here, 4D chess. Sorry, he's he, there's
1: not he... even 1D chess. The guy can't even, even play it in the newspaper. There's nothing no. chess related. This is it's, it's fucking chutes and ladders. I mean, <laughs> whatever, you know, it's
0: Candyland. But right. instead of for a grand, it's for a country.
1: Um, yeah, except we're all we are all here is the problem. We have to live here, so there's Well, that. you have to live there.
0: But, yeah, the um, oh, yeah. the idea I, that there's – so the interesting thing, if we ever get the documents through freedom of information, I'm sure there'll be nothing explosive in, to, in regards to Trump himself. You're right, he just – and I'm right because – it was my opinion. Right. So, of course, I'm going to agree with my own opinion. But I don't think there's going to be anything nefarious in this. He just wanted to take the documents because he wanted to take them. But his legal team, they wanted to appoint a special officer, I forget the name of it, to look um, at these and to rule on these documents separate from the, the judge judge's um, ruling in regards to evidence. Mm-hmm. Now, this um, filing should be done at the time of the Warren's execution or at least within the sort of first 24 hours. Now, to give you an example, this special officer was appointed in Michael uh, Michael Cohen's case. Um, sure. So Trump's lawyers, if he had consistent lawyers through this whole thing, should have known the procedure. And it relates to lawyers, and in this case it would have related to the president and sensitive documents that may contain lawyer – and client information i think it's called a special master and in this oh, case yeah, right. if trump had have potentially filed it within a day or two there is a chance that with good reason he could have had one but he waited 14 days to file this like that is just inept surely if you're trump's legal team even if you don't have a league to stand on, you file everything that you can file to block it up to see what mm-hmm. that you can you can then use legally going forward. You don't sort of wait till like it's too late and then he, hand in your homework is having, two weeks late.
1: Isn't he having a hard time getting a lawyer to do anything for him? I mean, that's part of it, right? He's sort of yep. whittled down his ability to hire a lawyer, what with not paying them and stuff is sort well, of not It's not only not paying them. People don't want to be around around this anymore. They're just, like, done with it.
0: And the other thing is his other lawyers that are sticking by him are no longer lawyers and are looking at either sanctions or have been disbarred, i.e. Like Rudy. Rudy. Rudy.
1: Yeah, I mean, right, yeah, that's not good. So it's Uh, great fun to watch
0: this from an aspect of he, he could fuck himself, but I don't know what it means for him going forward. Um, nah, I don't know. I don't think it'll Might, stop maybe anything.
1: He maybe he, yeah. Maybe he doesn't win the primary. I mean, I don't know. Really? I, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I, that's. I don't know if he does or not. I mean, I yeah. can't. Who knows that? That's three year Two. It's two years from now. You know. Yeah. I mean, beats me. But now. Yeah. I, did you see the post on Truth Social? Did you see the... Why are people so mean? Long, why are people so mean? <laughs> the emo posting. He's a fucking sub-tweeting <laughs> uh, emo style. He felt like he was listening to... Uh, I think my buddy Tom said... Uh, he, it's like he's been listening to My Chemical Romance. Uh, <laughs> so he's going to start posting, like, fucking lyrics from Dashboard Confessional or some shit on his, like, on his but uh, hell- Twitter. Twitter. How unaware
0: and un, how s- <laughs> well—that was a good Hang toss. In, Um How self-unaware is he? Like he well, is I mean, one he, of the I mean, yeah. the meanest, most malicious individuals when it comes to his use of language. Um, sure, and then he's like gets a little bit of blowback. Now, my question to you is not Trump. What? Do you see, you've been in Florida, he's a man from Florida, he is a man of yep. the people in Florida. What do you see of DeSantis' chances in the coming presidential race, both the primary tell. and it's, general?
1: Two, two years out, they pretty much have always gotten it wrong who is, the, who is going to be the nominee for any of these things, so... I mean, if I had to guess now, I'd say he will be, but I think, don't they always get it wrong? I mean, isn't it every time they're like, oh, every year, every time we guess a year out, we're always wrong as to who it is, you know? So it won't be until, you know, another, another eight, nine months, I think we'll start to, it'll start to crystallize who is actually going to be able to do it. Um, I remember didn't uh, fucking Ted Cruz was winning states, you know, six years ago. So you never know. I'm sure he'll do fine. People, people really, those freaks love Florida. Why on earth you would do that? You got to be nuts already. So that's, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, (laughs) it's, it's a, it's a place that is extremely hot, very wet. And half the people, at least half the people are not just crazy politically, but absolute lunatics. Yep. Like totally nuts uh, in one way or another, just like death wish insane psychopaths. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what we're admiring about Florida, but I can't come up with what it is. Yeah. It's also very wet. So you see why Trump and DeSantis are so wet. Everything is wet. So I guess I can't blame them too much. It's just fucking wet down there.
0: Yeah. But they're wet behind the ears. Um, Cause I was just wondering how he, he will translate <sighs> his support outside of, of Florida. That That's really the interesting point. Like even nut job Republicans, I just wonder how he's going to transfer in places like Texas, and which is important.
1: Well, people people move to Nevada to come to Las Vegas or look at scenery or, um, whatever. People move to Florida because they love how it's governed. Yes, I'm not shitting you. People have been moving to Florida because they're like. Oh my! Oh, we love Desantis. He's the he's the hero. They had a flag in this bar we were at that said "Make America Florida again." Desantis twenty four. I'm like, this is not good. Do you um, people? People want to spread the gospel of fucking Florida. Um, I don't think there's. I mean, the only other state like that that is Texas. But, but going, I don't know where else anyone's like that. Like, boy, everything's so good here. We need it to be here. Everybody, everywhere else.
0: The only issue is. Um that uh, Texas is going purple at the moment, and
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, yeah, that, sure, but I don't know if it's going to turn the tide. But I don't what, know if it's going to turn.
0: No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, people, yes, are moving to Texas, and partly because right. of the way it's governed. But it's not just people from red states moving there, and that's the difference between. I see between people Florida are Texas and,
1: because of state tax. And, yes. Uh, corporate tax and shit like that.
0: Yeah, you Dave Rubens, you you Joe Rogans, they move for state right. tax reasons, and and therefore they politically align. But te- Texas is much more um, diverse in right its its size, and it's not as sort of myopic in its, right. in its view, and um because. Like Florida has very distinct groups, you retirees, you Republicans, which are often yeah. co-merged, and,
1: and you're a big like minority population Hispanic. That's what Black I was about to get into, but that human. minority
0: population isn't representative of the broad mo- minorities around America. This is often yeah. a hardcore, anti-communist Cuban population that wrote Republican right. as well which you can't say for the the rest of the immigrant community around the United States so it'll be interesting to see how he transfers um, through the country I think he'll burn out he'll burn bright but he'll burn out really quick he'll be like a Ted Cruz or a Howard Dean type that that gets a lot oh, of fire man. First Howard
1: Dean, didn't Howard Dean die recently really? I thought he died. I uh, I don't know. I I don't. I can't. I can't validate that. If Howard, if you're out there, give us a shout. Uh, beer engine, beer engine show at Gmail dot com. Um, we'll have you on, buddy. Uh, we're, we'll have you on. We'll go to. We'll go to. We'll go to Kansas. We're going to wherever he said he was going. I don't remember, but. Uh. <laughs> You don't remember that speech? It was, it no. was crazy.
0: Oh, I do remember that speech, but it's not like Martin Luther King where I can actually remember anything that was a part of it. I can just remember his, his like, scream and his face. So
1: a so, uh, quick pizza update to uh, no new pizzas, but there is, uh, speaking of food TV, Tony, I don't know if you've seen the show on Netflix called Chef's Table. I love it. Uh, yep. Yeah, they did a barbecue on recently Well, they're doing one about pizza. Um, there's going to be six chefs um, that are, are going to, you know, be a part of this show. If you know the chef's table sort of uh, model. Uh, Franco Pepe from Italy. We have Gabriel Banchi from Rome. and Kim from Minneapolis. Yoshihiro Imai from Kyoto, Japan. Sarah Minnick from Portland, Oregon. And then I've actually been to this fellow's place. Chris Bianco from Phoenix. Arizona, um, and that shit was fucking good. So I'm actually excited to watch this. I love pizza, I love the chef's table model. Yep. Chris Bianco is a dope chef. I don't really, I'm not super familiar with the one from Portland. I, I believe I've seen the lady from Minneapolis on a few Zimmern shows. I think he's a huge fan of her. Um, I, I just can't, I think it's Pizzeria Lola, I believe is the name of the place in Minneapolis. Um, so I'm very excited for that. I will definitely be in on that. So that's good pizza news, Tony. There's no B-dubs pizza. The, the, the corporate chef from B-dubs is not on it. The corporate chef from Domino's Australia is not on it. It seems to be all people who are making like good, good tasting types of pizza.
0: Yeah. it's see. So this is the thing I find. This is why pizza is my favorite food. I'm a bread freak and this is an extension, I love of, pizza, bre- yeah. extension of bread, but even good pizza, there's such a depth in out of so few ingredients of what constitutes good pizza. I'm not a believer that there is one style of great pizza. There are so many styles of great pizza, whether it be the Italian margarita uh, in a coal-fired oven or a wood-fired oven, that's great. Yep. But there are plenty of twists and plays on that that is like truly outstanding and then there are so many middling pizzas and there are so many versions of what makes a okay everyday bog standard pizza and yep. at the same time there are so many pizzas that are terrible and there are so many different reasons why they're terrible it's for so few ingredients you get so many different very results like you can have right. tavern style pizza that's first class you can have traditional pizza that's oh, yeah. first class you can have Weird and wet. Detroit out shit.
1: Pizza, Neapolitan pizza, yeah. deep dish pizza. You know, it's all the same shit, just in different orders. And yep. um, I, I like most of them. And you make a good one. You can make a good version of pretty much all of them. Yeah, St. Louis if you pizza. To. Except for that dog shit from Altoona, Pennsylvania, that okay. has like American cheese and green peppers on it. That shit looks truly miserable to me. But. um <laughs> Tony, so look up altoona style pizza, and you will see something truly horrifying. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this. I think most. Of, so I think the Roman pizza is a different thing. Roman pizza is like some sort of kind of square cut type little strip of pizza that I, they might even cut with scissors. But it looks extremely good. We we had it in Chicago. Um, I think a few of these are sort of your 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 wood fired coal fired Neapolitan oven. Um, I'm interested in what Japan's doing, and uh, I, I definitely, I'm definitely, i definitely going to check this out. So next week, this comes out here, Tony. So
0: take, yep, take, I'm, okay. e- I'm excited to check it out. This looks fire. This looks like pizza meat, grilled pizza.
1: cheese. Oh, no, dude, that doesn't look good to you, does it? Ugh. I think it's got, like, ketchup on <laughs> that <laughs> fucking nasty, dude. I hate America. American cheese, though, so I guess that's. I guess it's. No, no, it, it doesn't look um, good
0: because it's kind of like um, Detroit-style pizza in shape only. I'm not saying it's. It's just a rectangular pie. It's
1: but rectangular, yeah. It's like it's like a Sicilian-style crust, a yeah. little bit more so, right? Like a well, yeasty crust.
0: Well, we don't really know the crust, but it, the the dog shit part of it is the green peppers.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, they look barely cooked. Um, or not cooked at all, and that's really the only, the worst possible way to eat a green pepper. It just yeah, I, has no taste. I, I mean,
0: love a green pepper that's been charred up, but this, the green pepper's put on second to last, and then a slice of American cheese is put over every slice of green pepper. It it looks yeah, like trash.
1: Yeah, no. Um. I mean, hey, you like a green pepper. Green pepper charred up on a burger, I get you. Hey, Tony, real quick, before we move on to the Discord, I did have a burger yesterday. Ooh. It actually was pretty good from an from an airport. Was it um, called? Charlotte... No, it was um, Shake Shack. Oh. Uh, and I've had Shake Shack before, I know, but yep. this one was particularly good. They charred up my burger nice. I don't know if they left it on the grill too long as to what they would usually do because they're doing a worse job following the rules at the Charlotte Airport Shake Shack. But it was crisped up like I like it with a smash burger. Um, had a nice yep. crust on it.
0: Nice lacy edge.
1: Uh, nice amount of uh, shack sauce. The fries were really good. They're crispy. Um, and I ate it while I was drinking a Wicked Weed IPA at the Wicked Weed Bar oh, there in the Charlotte Airport. Cool. So I was I was pretty happy. About now,
0: that. That if we could weed, good, Wicked Weed, Wicked <laughs> Weed, can't say Wicked yeah, whatever. Weed. Sure. Have they been through a sale recently,
1: or are yeah, they... They, they got bought by AB InBev maybe I, six, seven years ago. I, yeah. But yeah. the beer, the beer still tastes pretty good. So that's all it that's counts. Better than anything Goose, not, not better than anything Goose Island puts out, damn sure. Um, all right, Tony, why don't we uh, why don't we hop up into the Discord? All right, here we go. Uh, let's see if I can get any of these. My mouse is actually fucked. It's not even my fucking computer. It's my mouse is fucked. Oh no. Okay, our buddy Corey. Uh, actually, let's uh, actually. You know what? That's good. I think we can start with Corey. He Has been um, bouncing around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we got some old stove in Seattle. Not familiar. Uh, we got Elliot Bay. Maybe it's yep. uh, yep, a new one to be, too. St. Andrew's Beach Brewery on the Mornington Peninsula, some Mexican lager and some IPA. That That was Nick Torque. Oh, that's Nick Torque. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Torque in the Mornington Peninsula. That is not in the Pacific Northwest. That is actually about as far from the Pacific Northwest as you could get. Yes, because
0: Um, the Mornington Peninsula is the southern tip of what I would consider Melbourne. We're heading almost into country Victoria, right on the edge of Suburbia. The interesting thing is, um, I get some St Andrews Beach at my local IGA, and we were chatting, and um, the person that we met up with um, at Deeds, his brother, had recently moved into a role as the uh, St Andrews Beach rep. Mm. So, uh, yeah, nice. Could be seeing that more around Melbourne. So,
1: yeah. So we got. Uh, he went to this place, which is called Escape Brewing. Uh, let's take a look at this draft list, Tony. Uh, Nick got himself a red IPA and a lager. What do we see on here? We got a pale, 3.9%, a 5.8% a lager. Yeah, that's it. Strong lager. Uh, but- tropical pale ale, 52 Belgian golden strong, 7%. An XPA, 43 That sounds like what I would have ordered.
0: Yeah, that's what I, I wanted. Uh, the ordered. red
1: IPA does sound good. A chocolate porter, four point four. And I think I'm going XPA on that list, although the red IPA does sound good. And tropical pale sounds good too. So
0: yeah, it's something that we do decent
1: choices. Really. Now nicely. I went to I went to a bottle shop, Tony. This place blew me away. I posted. I'll I'll just talk about this beer, and I'll talk about that in beers of the week. But um, this is uh, uh, I went to this crazy bottle shop. That was in Southwest Florida there, not far from my dad's place, which is usually a pit of fucking despair for beer, the whole area. Yep. Um, So it's crazy to find a place with a bunch of good beers. Uh, This place was uh, called Ceremony Brewing, and they had a fridge of that had some of this in it. My very first ever carton beer. Max allotment. a big fan of carton. This was called Whip, American Pilsner. And as you can see, I poured it up. I whipped it up a little bit when I poured it out of the can, got a nice little... Whip on there. Um, Nice color on this. Like a little bit of faint haze almost as a Keller beer type look to it. And it had had that taste too. So nice, sharp tasting pills. I really liked it. Uh, We had Corey at Fort George in Astoria. That's the most famous brewery he's probably been to so far. Fort George, everybody. uh, Widely beloved. Makes a ton of yummy beers. And the place looks beautiful. Um, And, uh, oh, Corey drinking Freem. Uh, drinking some Freem Kolsch. Hell yeah. And, uh, block 15 in Corvallis. That's a good place. Um, what else we got? Uh, carton. Oh, Max. Got some own carton. I guess they're, um, making a little 5% citra. Uh, sorry. Citra galaxy pale now for, geez, that looks really good. 12 packs for 22 bucks. I'd be drinking through that real quick. So that sounds really good. That's all the beer chat, Tony. That looks good. A lot of, lot of it this week, busy on the beer chat.
0: Yeah. That, that recipe changed Vic Secret for Galaxy. Um, that, that's a, that takes a deft touch because, yes, they've both got tropical fra- flavors, but Galaxy dominates a lot more than Vic Secret, at least in my experience between those two hops. So I'm sure Carton can handle that. But yeah, that takes a, a deft touch for sure.
1: So we got this one, Tony. This is in our in the kitchen area where I post stupid foods. Um, And this is from the gang over at uh, CNN, the cable news network. Uh, Big fans of those guys. Yeah, Uh, formerly the home
0: of Brian Seltzer,
1: (laughs) as I like to call him. yeah, Brian Seltzer, the uh, jazz band guy. Uh, <laughs> this is called Oscar Mayer is now selling frozen wiener pops. Frozen wiener pops.
0: Mm. Uh, I
1: thought that was I thought that was what they called uh, Corey. Uh, sorry, not Corey. Uh, I thought that was called. Uh, actually, maybe I thought that's what they called like a sperm sample, or when you order the uh, you know, oh, I want to get impregnated by um, uh, Horshack. And they've frozen some of his sperm and you could, you know, put put some of that frozen sperm in you. I don't know. I don't know That's where you're called. going with That's this. what they called Tony's dick when they put it in cold storage. Yeah. No?
0: no not not sure right. where you're going with this. <laughs> uh, I don't know either.
1: I'm just going to let you hang All on right. this one. Okay. Uh, I'll just leave the silence on there so I can feel bad about it. Yep. All right. Two summer staples, hot dogs, and popsicles are coming together for there you whatever go. reason. Yeah, I was going to say, that's right. right there for me. Oscar Mayer is selling its first ever cold dog, a frozen pop that tastes like the brand's hot wiener that allegedly boasts both refreshing and smoky umami notes of a hot dog and topped with a mustard swirl. Oh, this is not good to talk about. The idea stems from an Instagram post on Oscar Mayer's account a few months ago. Um, This sounds not good to me, Tony. I don't know. They're on sale for $2 at select pop bar locations in Long Beach, New York City, New Orleans, and Alpharetta, Georgia. This, to Mm. me,
0: seems like a desperate attempt from a PR person trying to justify their job to be able to write copy (laughs) at a corporation like Oscar Myers, it just, like, who wants this? This is not birthday cake vodka. I could write some copy on that, but this is just a PR person or somebody in communications trying to justify the job of them and their team, and it screams like a desperate attempt. I think they should just take the summer off, just test drive some (laughs) Celsius, that's all I'm saying. Maybe yeah, I think racket. we got to come
1: up with something else. So there's already there's already a hot dog water seltzer. Um, somebody started making a hot dog water seltzer. I mean, that's not good. We're doing too much with the hot dog. We're drinking beer out of the hot dog. We're making hot popsicles out of the hot dog. We just got to eat a hot dog. I don't I don't know what I don't have another way to consume it. I think we already came up with all the good ways to eat a hot dog. We have the one in a bun. That's yep. pretty good. I uh, put some mustard on there. Uh, if you're Chicago style, you can put all your junk on there. Honestly, I'll just eat it with some mustard and some onion relish on there. It's good with me. Of course, um, um
0: I created the uh, roti prata wrapped hot dog,
1: which I think roti prata was- dog. I have, I have made the, the like a uh, uh, poor person version of the, the pig in a blanket where I wrapped it in a tortilla, kind of folded it up and, and fried it in a pan. <laughs> uh, and that was good. If, I've put it in a corn, it's in a corn dog, I like corn dogs, if you ever had one of those Tony, uh, the Koreans are doing all kinds of interesting things with hot dogs, they're, they're putting potatoes on the outside of it and frying it, they're putting it in batter, you know, those look good to me, it's fine, Yep. Uh, but a popsicle and a seltzer and drinking a beer out of it, those are, that's three, that's three ways we didn't have to go.
0: Yeah, because of course my favourite out of all the ones that you didn't mention is the asian style milk bread with the hot dog in it with the sweet barbecue sauce it's the way to go as
1: well that uh, sounds good i've had a hot dog with barbecue sauce have you seen the ones tony there's these little um sandwich I, I saw the ad for this thing it's like you take a piece of bread and it folds it in this little um cooker that you hover over the pan or uh, over the burner Yep, and then it like kind of crisps up the bread on the outside and cooks the hot dog through on the inside, but there's just a piece of white bread or maybe like milk bread folded over the dog. Um, have you seen those things? Oh, I have I've watched yeah. like a million videos of those things. I'm like, I want this thing, but I'll never buy it. Cause I know I'll yeah. never actually use it, but yeah. it, I think it's, sweet. I think it's a sweet idea. Um, uh, yeah, I would totally check that out. So that's an interesting way to do it too. But all these other ways seem to suck real bad. Uh, we got a few Quora posts this week, a um, couple, anyways. Nick, oh, red. I'm bored with hot dogs. Nick has one that says, uh, uh, "How much, how much plastic surgery would a Somali need to look Korean?" I don't, <laughs> I don't think I like that one. <laughs> uh, hmm. hmm. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> How do you put a number how do you put a number on that you know like
0: how do you put a number on any sort of plastic surgery like it depends what canvas you're starting with if you're looking at a somali who is first generation somali <laughs> cuz their parents are actually korean and right turned out to be missionaries and were born This person is of Korean heritage, was born in Somalia, Well, zero plastic surgery is needed.
1: Right. Yeah, perfect. They're there. Now, why do you think this question was asked? I think think that's maybe the more interesting thing. Is this somebody who feels like they have to conceal their identity uh, or is actually what I think it is, somebody who's sort of like the people who tried to become Barbie, um, has somebody become very obsessed with maybe a K-pop group? And feels the need to try to figure out a way to look like one of one of them,
0: or is it? I think the better question is: Is it somebody who is it is a dumbass and was fooled by their Korean friend? And and when they asked in a microaggressive kind of way, said, "Where are you from?" Their Korean friend said, "I'm from Somalia. I've had a lot of plastic surgery." That's Probably the reason if a human mm. asked this question, I actually think this question may have been asked by an algorithm. This may have been an AI question.
1: Okay, so yeah, you think this is, okay, so there's a robot. Well, let's see if this one's from a bot. This, I think if this one were from a bot, it would be a good sign for us. But uh, we got somebody asking this, hard to tell who really. Um, it says, how come you don't listen to the Beer Engine podcast? Um Can I answer that?
0: Because I'm on it. I'm listening to it right now yeah, I don't as I record it.
1: Maybe yeah. we should go on there and respond. Um Scott White responds. Easy. I never heard of it. Uh I really don't listen to podcasts on rare occasion. I may catch a bit of one on YouTube, but I seldom have the time to really listen to one unless to explore for ones I am unfamiliar with. So don't don't answer. I don't like podcasts. That doesn't help anybody.
0: Now. Um, Scott White, what do you think he do you think he runs a T shirt company um part time and Apparently is an Uber was, driver?
1: He, I like that he's a driver and embro, does embroidery at silkscreen printing. I mean do you fuckers do silk screen or embroidery? Dickheads, pick a pick a lane, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and silkscreen sucks. Silkscreen, that shit flies up falls off your shirt two times in the wash. Give me a break, Scott White. You know, you know what? Don't don't accidentally post your address. You're gonna have somebody standing out your door. And he's been doing this shit since 2011. Like, that is amazing. That, yeah, that he's been posting on Cora for 11 years.
0: Well, think, I think he's you, been a driver
1: have, for that long. Oh, you think? You, okay. Well, I'm not sure. Do you think if you were gonna get on here and answer questions for like a long time? Do you think you have to be like a kind of a rando type figure?
0: Oh, absolutely. Because all the questions yeah. are nonsense. Unless you've got a lane of expertise, then potentially you could use Cora for that. But why would you use Quora? Why wouldn't you find another place that isn't filled I mean, with all anywhere. this shit talking and shit posting? Um,
1: Except for whoever posted this, which is a good question. Yeah. It. it uh, how come you don't listen to it? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? That's a great. That's a great thing that somebody should be made to answer for, yeah. uh, uh, including everybody who doesn't listen to it should have to answer that question, um, yeah, uh, under oath uh, in a courtroom.
0: I agree. All right. All right,
1: Tony. I think uh, I think I've said enough things that could get me in trouble for today. Why don't we move on to the beers of the no lager of the week let's not do
0: that first i do have one thing in show chat that i wanted to cover and that was okay nick gave a rundown of um a couple of the things that i didn't mention um i think specifically um the game that we actually watched um and being denied a new england lobster roll because we were 10 minutes late and they'd shut down that's right
1: yeah Sure. Let's run this down. So Nick, Nick got in here and said that you might have missed a couple of the accounts uh, or the, the big moments of last week's Melbourne trip. So uh, okay, so it was a Fuller's English pride. I think that we talked about that at yep, the Dickens we, Tavern We, we scotch got things. Two hundred dollars of Kolsch at the European Beer Cafe. I remember you, you guys saying you went there. I don't know if we, I didn't know that you had spent two hundred dollars on Kolsch.
0: They were expensive uh, glasses of Kolsch, but it was fur Kolsch, so it was well worth the money. All
1: right. We got half of – oh, you told us about half of your town being in the uh, bar that you were in yep. the Elephant Wheelbarrow.
0: Did I talk about uh, the murder vet?
1: I we, think you did, but yeah. what, what happened in this? Oh, we just got onto the top of
0: topic of the murder event. There's only one person in Mafra that has – he didn't commit the murder while he was in He committed that in another town, um, since being released because he murdered his wife. Um, yeah, and he's just known locally as the murder vet. Absolutely top-quality vet veterinarian, but I don't Did know. That
1: was, was that it, clause all together? He's since been released because he murdered his wife. Is that, like, okay there or what?
0: <laughs> well, he, he's done his time. <laughs> he's done his time.
1: That's okay. all I yeah, was saying. Since it was his wife, we, we sort of kept it, you know, we were able to get him out of there early.
0: Look, I, I don't know what he's like as a human <laughs> being, but apparently he's a great vet.
1: That's all I will say. Vet of what? Right Animals, there? horses, dogs. Oh, veterinarian. Yeah. I'm like, what do you? I mean, oh, <laughs> sorry. You <laughs> okay. Like,
0: Sure. I, I forgot that you used that short ter- shorthand term for like um, veterans of Military, wars, yeah,
1: veteran, yeah, right, anything, yeah. Um, no, all just right, use... so you got denied a you got denied a New England lobster roll. Yep. What happened here?
0: Well, we were we finished up at the European beer cafe. Most kitchens in Melbourne don't shut till ten. We wandered out of there at, at nine something. Um, And so we found this place in Flinders Lane, I think it was, um, walked in, um, asked if we could have a couple of seats at the bar, and they said, yeah, not a problem. And they said, um, as we were being seated, we said, could we see a couple of menus? And that's when they said, sorry, the kitchen's closed. And so it's Mm. like, and it was half past nine in the evening. It's like, fuck you guys.
1: It happened to me at Pizza Port. Um, got, got screwed. I, I wouldn't even let me take beer to go because they're fucking, they, well, we turned off our POS system. I'm like, okay. Weird. So
0: then we, um, then we took the wander down to, um, the Sherlock Holmes, um, which is, um, where we watched the Spurs Wolf game. But on the way there, I instigated a moment of road rage. I'm I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to own up to this. Um, Nick Nick finished it, um,
1: but... Uh, yeah, he's, he's wanting to do that.
0: Yeah. So we were wandering the streets of Melbourne, obeying the road rules. We actually crossed at the crosswalk on a green. Pedestrians have the right of way when you've got a green flashing man in front of you. And we were crossing Elizabeth Street in Melbourne, for those of you who, who know Melbourne. Um, and... A guy in a beat-up white Toyota Yaris, shout-out to him if he's listening, mm. decided to turn and go around the corner and almost mowed Nick and I over. I was first in the firing line. Really? So so I did flip him the bird and give him the stare oh. down. Nick also wasn't happy and happened to bang on his car. Now, this is a beat-up piece of... Um, i say shit. yaris yeah, but it was yeah, one of yeah, the I
1: wrote, I wrote like a prius or something yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's it's the non hybrid version of the press um yeah, the really that's small the, that's a yaris essentially yeah Yeah. yeah. Um, so he um he then got out of his car and uh, then said come let's take it around the corner like where are you going to take it around the corner in the melbourne cbd and threatened to fight nick and Come around the corner and it was just like, just, it was it was a guy threatening but not actually doing anything. He hopped back in his car. Yep. It was excitement for 30 seconds and we moved on and we had a couple more drinks nice. at the Sherlock Holmes Tavern and then Nick had to pay for a super expensive Uber ride.
1: Yeah, $130, brutal. Yep. 130 dollars Australian that's somewhere between you know 75 and three thousand US dollars like I can't be I can't be figuring out all this math so it's a lot
0: math is hard
1: uh, yeah no, not for me um, all right Tony well watching Spurs versus wolves was a pretty dull experience so oh, I yeah. didn't even do it so I was I was asleep because it's out of 4:30 in the morning uh, that one here so I went ahead and took a nap Spurs managed to pull it off though um, so we'll take it. All right, Tony, how about now we do the Logger of the Week? Let's do it. Griffs Logger of the Week. Griffs Logger of the Week. All right, I'm cheating a little bit, Tony. I'm not, it's not Logger. Um, it's, Hefeweizen I think is in the spirit of Logger. Yeah. Um, it's an ale. I know it's it's like one of the first ales. I get it. You know, it's like definitely not, you know, this is some top fermenting shit right here. But uh, it, it's just refreshing like lager, and I drank it like lager. And uh, my experience with it was of that of lager. So uh, I had have to give it up for Jay Wakefield's LFA which I bought a four-pack of, and only one can made home because I was drinking it while I was at my dad's. Um, Drank it at the bar, at the Wakefield Bar. Uh, Hefeweizen with coconut. Toasted coconut hefe. It's fucking amazing. Um, Absolutely A-plus lager. Well, it's not lager. It's Hefeweizen. (laughs) But just refreshing as all get out Uh, in this weather. Well, in that weather. Hell, in this weather, too. It's 109 degrees here today. Uh, it is just too tasty. Um, honestly, the Pilsner I had from Carton was probably the only other lager-like substance that I drank. Um, oh, that's not true. I had a Three Suns Ocean Park Pils that was also very good. So actually, I had a, I had a few nice lagers, but I just I just needed that moment to shout out um, the El Jefe, which is just a God dang refreshing beer. Tony, you've been off the sauce for a week, so you got nothing, do you?
0: Yeah, I've, I've got nothing. No... <laughs>
1: oh, oh my God.
0: Some residual cough there. Um, but yes, nothing of note from me as far as alcohol. Didn't consume any since we last recorded. So, yay. Uh, week off the sauce. I'll be having a, a beer tonight. I'm not sure how fancy I'll go. Just probably um, something very easy drinking. But yeah, no lagers of the week for me. And not even one of these. Because there's only going to be one beer of the week, I will hand it over to Griff um, because, yeah, I didn't consume anything.
1: All right, this was my favourite. It's also from Wakefield. Um, This was called Barrel Age Life During Death Star. Jay Wakefield and Equilibrium, those two got together and said, hey, baby, I love you so much. You're so hot. Let me get in that ass and also let's make a stout together. Um, This is... uh, this was the BA version of their first breed batch in Miami. It was Asian pinhook rye barrels for 10 months. And then Tony, they added marshmallows and toasted coconut and raw coconut and Mostra's Kinetic Blend Coffee. Uh and it was really good. And I ordered two um of them because I got about halfway through the first one and I was getting sad, so I just got another one and I was walking home. So uh, really, really fucking good, Tony. It was nice barrel pop on this. A monster amount of coconut and enough coffee to even it out. So now, really, really tasty.
0: what sort of brewery is Jay Wakefield? Are they a big barrel heavy brewery or? Yes,
1: they're, big, can... they're sugar. They're sugar boys. I mean, they're okay. making they're making your sugar uh, beers. I would also like to shout out a beer that I had over at that ceremony place. Um, It was from Resident Culture. I've had this before. It was a hazy IPA from Resident Culture called Lightning Drops. It was very tasty. Citra Mosaic Galaxy, 6.5%. Hazy, easy to drink. But it wasn't just funny because of that. It was also funny because I was drinking it. I get it from the fridge. I pour it into the can or into the cup, and this old lady sitting near me looks at it and she's like, Oh, I love those hazy beers. Which one is that? Is that a good one? And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's just this one from the fridge. And she goes and gets. she's like, Oh, that is so good. And she's just losing her mind. And she and all of her old lady friends were fucking wasted. Um, so they were a nice time over there at the little brew pub in Benita. Um, I got to talk about that place. It was, it was amazing. Um, we're going to play a little untrapped game that, uh, talks about some of the beers I dug up. In this cool. fucking divey little bottle shop in uh in Benita Benita Springs, that wasn't divey. It was just like a totally un- unassuming place you'd ever find it. So yeah, I, yeah, the resin <laughs> culture IPA was really good, and the uh, boy, that stout from Wakefield was really wonderful. Excellent.
0: Sounds like you had a um, you didn't go to a huge variety of places, but. What you are able to have from from Jay Wakefield and these other places sounded like it was quality stuff for the most part. You didn't have to sift through out a, of it. a bunch of shit, which is all you could really now, ask for at times.
1: No, yeah, you only have so much patience for some of the dog shit beer. And, you know, the food was good while I was out there. I had a Cuban sandwich. It was amazing, you know, all the stuff I like. So, And I, when I ate that sandwich, Tony, we didn't talk about my sandwich that I ate. At the fucking Jay Wakefield, you know I'm eat, I'm drinking all these huge beers, and they have this food cart outside that's making um, a collaboration between two different food carts. Uh, one is a katsu truck that makes like katsu sandos, like the Japanese katsu sandos. Love a
0: katsu sando on the milk bread, pork on the milk, bread, on the with milk the bread, curry
1: yeah. sauce, qp mm. sauce or curry sauce or whatever yep. on there. And then a birria uh, cart, where the lady's just making big pots of of Shredded meat um, and tacos, quesabiria. she has got the consomme and everything. So uh, they were making a collaboration, and it was about the simplest way those two things could collaborate. It's not like they put just birria on bread or maybe cut up some katsu into a taco or anything. Nope. They made the katsu sando and slapped some biria on the top <laughs> of that bitch and gave you a little cup of consomme to dip it in. Um, That's So weird. it was a pork katsu on uh, milk bread with a topping of birria meat and the uh, beef consomme that comes with the uh, birria tacos usually on the side. And it tasted amazing, and it was easily the most rich thing I may have ever eaten. Because Kelly and I shared one santo, <laughs> it was plenty.
0: <laughs> that seems so weird to me, because like, the whole idea of a katsu sandwich is sort of that crispy, crunchy
1: mm-hmm. chicken cutlet. It was crispy and crunchy. Um, the bread had a little crisp on it too, on the, from the, from the, um, griddle. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It tasted amazing. Okay. But it was, it was a bit of a mess in concept. I wouldn't call it fine dining, but (laughs) all the parts of it were really good. So I wasn't complaining too much. Oh, and there was like some cash, cashew, some cabbage slaw on there too. That was sort of a nice counterpoint. Maybe a little acid, but
0: Yeah. I have had um, um, cabbage on a katsu sandwich, so,
1: yeah, I, I get it. So It was good. It was crazy. All right, Tony, why don't we move on to that classic seg of hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer, beer nerd, nerd dork shit, nerd. shit news. All right, what do we got this week? Oh, well, here's some Vegas beer news, Tony. Haven't had any of that in a while. No. Um No. The Circa Las Vegas, uh, the big brand new casino on the property where the old Las Vegas Club used to stand tenuously, uh, now has a new beer. They've partnered with local brewery Able Baker to create the new beer Vegas Vicky Neon Blonde, um, named for the famous cowgirl neon tie that now stands inside the Circa. It's a 16 69- can for. Four and a half percent volume. I actually know the guy who did the art on this. It's decent art. It's pretty cool. It's not um, decent art. That uh, is actually yeah, it's a outstanding cut, it's art. Quite, it's actually quite good art. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good artist. So yeah, um, he does it for like big companies and crap. So the uh, Abel Baker is lucky to have him on their side. Um, so it's very good art. Uh, I have not tried the beer. I'm sure it's fine. It has an easy drinking, crisp. Oh, it's an easy-drinking and crisp and clean lager with more character than your standard light beer. So, um, sure, I'm into it. Yep. Uh, already had one of my buddies say he wishes it was higher alcohol, so that's a good sign. <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I'm i down, sure. That's good for good for the Circa. That bar that's right by the Vegas Vicky thing is, is quite nice. So, if I'm not drinking a cocktail there, I'll try one of these beers.
0: Now, that would be a good... Um, can to have in your hand walking around Vegas. This
1: is it's a perf- strip walker can, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, not even Fremont Street walking, like dodging right. the. Um, dodging. Almost feels
1: too classy for Fremont Street, really, but
0: it does. But this is really an exercise in like great branding. I'm sure the the beer is fine. I'm, I'm sure Abel Baker does. Abel's a good brewery. Either. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be decent beer, but I just think it. If they're going to have it available, you know, close to the entrance or actually on Fremont Street um, itself, I think this is going to be an absolute money maker. I think anybody that isn't into craft beer but is like trying to live up the Vegas weekend is going to probably drop by and pick up one of those cans and and hold it and drink it. I I think it's perfect marketing. I I love the idea. This is what more companies in places like Vegas yeah. should embrace. Decent quality beer. And with,
1: and I, with, you're with... kidding, Tony. I, I was laughing yesterday. We landed. Um, we're waiting for our bags. So, of course, we stuffed our bags full of beers. Um, and uh, I see two bags. Oh, are coming from Charlotte. And I see two bags come out with like pictures of the Welcome to Vegas sign. Like yep. been, They were printed on the bag. Their bags had that all over them. And I'm like, damn, people really like coming to Vegas and, like, having a bag that says it. That's yeah. crazy, you know? People want Vegas shit in their hands when they're in Vegas. It's kind of wild to think about. But, um, and the other I always thing- thought the best beer for walking down Fremont, Tony, was a Ham's for 75 cents from, that Vegas, from the Vegas Club uh, right, like bar that's right there in the yeah. end of it. I almost get into a conversation about shooting Tony Romo in the head uh, <laughs> from some lunatic who's sitting at the Vegas Club bar.
0: Oh, I just think um, I'm not sure if they're available to be non-open cans because I, I'm not sure of the, the liquor laws, but if people could purchase this as a takeaway beer, I think that's an even I mean, bigger money.
1: Yeah.
0: Because yeah. chuck that in a suitcase, give it to a a friend, and this is a good souvenir of the trip. It's better a than souvenir. a fucking keyring yeah. or a hat or a poker chip.
1: One of those two-for-$10 T-shirts. Yep. There you go. Well, Tony, let's keep the branding train moving here. Uh, This is in People Magazine. Uh, Amanda Taylor uh, says that Hardee's has partnered with Nashville-based brewery to create strawberry biscuit-flavored beer.
0: Now, first question before we go into details in the article. Are Hardee's known for their biscuits? Not a chain that I would have put at least in my top two for biscuits. Popeyes you know, it's interesting and Cracker Barrel would have been my top. Hardy's
1: is known for the according to this, it says Hardy's is known for our made from scratch biscuits. So
0: No, not for the uh, press release. Maybe. You're somebody in America who has heard of the chain Hardy's. Are they known for their biscuits?
1: No, I mean the thing they're most famous. Well, I don't know. They make breakfast with like the monster biscuit fucking breakfast. Okay. Um, so, yeah, kind of. Not to me. To me, it's all thick burgers. All I think is thick burgers, you know. But when I was a kid, Hardee's was different. When I was a kid, Hardee's was its own brand. Yep. Uh, Carl's Jr. was different from Hardee's. Uh, now, now, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's are essentially the same. Maybe Hardee's has more biscuit or breakfast stuff than Carls Jr I don't know don't I don't know think if they're so. same. I think it's they're just not. A, I think it's just, just a co-branding thing But when I was a kid Hardee's was in blue and orange buildings with a blue awning and orange letters Yep and they did have biscuits but the and they had fried chicken and you cool. could get fried chicken there too they had burgers they had the famous um the $8 burger which at the time was a comment cuz the $8 burger was 3.99 um, but then they kept the eight dollar burger around, and it was eventually seven ninety nine, which was pretty funny. Um, I, I've had one of those. Whatever, but I had it existed. Hardee's.
0: Yeah, I yeah. had it at a Carl's Junior because they kept it on the menu there when they they merged. And I think it was yeah eight dollars when I purchased it. And it was, right, it
1: was actually eight dollars. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. So yeah, Hardee's used to be a totally different thing. Anyways, Southern Grist is making this beer, which makes sense. Southern Grist is known for some pretty indulgent beers. Um, so this called for 200 pounds of the savory treats, uh, um, with, meaning Hardy's biscuits, which went into the brewery to top off the sweet t- taste. The cream ale inf- infuses flavors of strawberry jam and buttermilk. So you'll be able to get this at the Southern Grist Brewing Tap Room in Nashville on September 1st. Hey, it's tomorrow, Tony. So, you're in Nashville, get your hands on some of this and you'll be able to get it on the brewery's website for shipping if you're in a certain market. I guess I should check. Um, While you're so checking This is a fine brewery. They make very sugary stuff. Yep. Um, I won't be able to check it until tomorrow. Okay. Actually, I guess I could check what state they ship to.
0: Yeah. While um, you're checking that out, can I just say, the only thing I knew from Hardy's before I went to Carl's Junior and then looked into that history was they sponsored a car in NASCAR, not in the Winston Cup or even a real series, but in the Days of Thunder movie. And I was a big mm. fan of that movie back in the day. Of course, there was a Mellow Yellow car, Hardy's, and there were a few other brands that I'm not sure ever made their way onto a genuine Winston Cup car, but were sponsors for that movie, and I'm sure they paid handsomely to be in that movie.
1: Sadly, they're only shipping to Kentucky, North Dakota, New Hampshire, Nebraska, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Vermont, Virginia, and D.C. Pretty much all states that sound truly awful to be in. Uh, (laughs) um,
0: Hey, Nebraska's
1: okay. Kentucky are all right.
0: Because Nebraska, you've got two things.
1: Vermont, Vermont's got its, got its charm for sure. Yeah, you've, you've got two things in Nebraska.
0: Nebraska Brewing Company and Runsers. Sure. What Nebraska- else do you need?
1: Runzas. and Nebraska Footballs. Um, well, now they have Cross-Drain Brewing, Tony. I don't know if you went to Omaha, but... Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, in Omaha, they're making... Well, there's a whole bit with barley wine now that... Uh, uh, getting because Nebraska's got some of the best barley wine in the country now. So we're all out there getting fully husked is what we're called is what it's being called. No, get your, get your cross strain, uh, barley wine and get fully husked. Um, all right. We got one more news story. I already, I already put my fucking document away because I wanted to talk about barley wine. (laughs) So I guess I'll pull that back up. Jeez.
0: What are you doing at TMZ? This is what I want to know.
1: This is really sorry. Yeah, this is going to blow up my browser, TMZ. Um, you know, I thought this was appropriate, what with the corn <laughs> thing right now. Um, so everybody's th- singing about corn. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the corn video, right, Tony?
0: No. Oh,
1: my God. I'm not up with the memes. Do you remember Auto-Tune the news from a long yeah. time ago? Yep, I do. So it's that guy, and that's the guy who did this video too. So the Antoine Dodson video was the Auto Tune the News guy. Yep. But he's back. Auto Tune the News was a decade ago, at least more. Yay. I was in college. Yep. 15 years ago. Um, he's back. He looks kind of the same. <laughs> um, he's back doing videos about corn or something or other. It's, it's the same idea as Auto Tune the News. It's some kid was on a news story singing about, like, talking about. To a, to a anchor about how much he liked corn, and he put some music behind it. Uh, so Antoine Dodson was an auto tune the news guy, and his thing was the hide-your-kids-hide-your-wife bit, um, and now he has a new beer. It's called Run and Tell That Lager. Um, it is made by the Huntsville, Alabama brewery called Straight to Ale. Now, the, I would say the, cons- the, the only slightly disturbing part about this being turned into a beer and all the memes around it was that I believe that there was, this was from a news story based about rape. There was a rapist. Yeah,
0: it was dark story. I don't know the exact one, but yeah. Yes,
1: it yeah, was. Really there was an alleged, it was an alleged, he was issuing this morning to an alleged rapist, run and tell that, and now the phrase is on the beer can artwork along with a drawing of Antoine. You know, I'm not saying Antoine isn't maybe kind of a funny guy or had sort of some fortunate circumstance and maybe take advantage of that when you can but at the same time I guess being in a big rush to make your beer about that time the guy was on the news about some raping that was going on in his town maybe maybe gives me a little bit of anxiety I guess not I don't know whatever I guess it's just fine but Sure. So now, and so now, the old a guy from an old auto tune the news bit has a beer in Huntsville.
0: Good to know. Like, if you're going to put somebody on a can for something they did, that's that's kind of a dark subject matter. If it was um, the kid yodeling on Walmart, I think that's probably worse. Cause oh, I, think right.
1: I think that yeah. kid's turned into a that monster. Kid. Trump supporter, yeah, I believe so. Boy, he, he kind of chose a good time to not be doing Auto Tune the news because I feel like we really could have gotten turned a lot of horrible people into stars. Yes, um, over the last decade or so, so maybe maybe taking a break uh, until the corn thing came out was not so bad. Uh, Tony, you can check out the corn thing. I think it's just called like it's corn. And then look up the auto tune the news guys. It's,
0: it's too late. I'm I'm already on TMZ scrolling. I'm sorry. If I'm um, if I'm, what's the word called?
1: Distracted. Distracted.
0: Yeah, it's because I'm scrolling the TMZ brain, now. The, the
1: brain fog has stuck with him, guys, uh, Tony. Well, let's see if we can knock some of that fog or the cobwebs out of your brain here. Um, let's let's you're you're healthy again. Um, Maybe we should have quarantined you in the well But you're out of quarantine So now we can put you back in By tossing you in a big well Full of old porno videos And and magazines It's time for a game of Untrapped And we're sending out Well. All right, Tony, so I went into this bottle shop yep. um, in here in Gulf Coast, Florida, tucked into this sort of behind an antique shop in what they were calling, quote unquote, downtown Bonita Springs, which <laughs> is Bonita Springs is this little teeny town that's just to the north of, of Naples. Um, They did have a, you know, they have a couple, they did have a brewery I used to like, but it was a pretty bog standard, um, you know, brewery that makes, you know, a clean IPA and a decent tasting lager. And for that area, that was pretty good. In terms of beer shops, bottle shops, not a thing to speak of, even though there was good, decent beer that was often distributed to the area. uh, It was hard to get your fucking hands on it. Um, So you you would have to go to Total Wine and sit there and date analyze for hour an hour to look at like, okay, how old is this fucking Wakefield? How old is this cycle? Um, how old is this Belgian beer that's sitting on the shelves? Um, sometimes that's good. Uh, you'd find Phantom down there randomly. You'd find Pissin' Lit. You'd find Dre. Um, but it would just be assorted, you know, Guza and Creek and, and stuff. You know, nothing wrong with those things, but um, kind of a mixed bag. So, well, my surprise is when I walk into this brewery slash bottle shop and I see some of the most insane uh, sours and Belgian beers I have ever seen any, anywhere in the flesh, including in Europe when I've been there. Uh, beers I've never seen before with my, my own eyes uh, sitting around on the shelves at this place. So, Tony, we're going to play a little untrapped um, with some of the beers. Uh, I'll, I actually have five of them here. With some of the beers that, that I saw at the um, Ceremony Brewing in a little uh, tiny industrial park in Bonita Springs, Florida. And the first one we're going to start with, uh, Tony, these are all beers that are relatively famous from relatively famous brewers. So okay. um, you might have some interesting luck here. This is called, this is from the gang over at Dre Fontainen. Dre, Dre Um They are... Uh, this is called their Oda Creek and lambic never seen this in my life Creek and lambic um, but this is a classic from them uh, the creek and lambic is the result of macerating hand-picked whole sour cherries on young lambic for at least four months in a proportion of one kilogram of fruit per liter of lambic uh, and possibly blended with some more young lambic fruit intensity ranges from minimum 35 to 50 percent along from aside from selected bars uh aka the Akara in stockholm sweden this sour cherry lambic is only available at given times in the lambic room Wow. Well,
0: so how did so they- i found
1: this uh here um and actually this one is a slightly different one uh no this is all in flemish i'm not going to be able to read this No, <laughs> i think this is the right one i think yeah. i have the right i think i have the right one um I'm just trying to see if I have, like, a different blend or anything. Okay.
0: Just while you look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah we good. Just letting you know that uh, the government won't tell the truth about UFOs, but Jack Osborne is looking into it. So thank you, TMZ. All right. All
1: right. Um, so we'll go, we'll go with this. We'll go with the standard Creek and Lambic, a pretty rare. Um, I, think, I think they've started bottling it more as of late. That description may be a little bit old. But I, but I do, but that is the characteristic of the beer. This has one only a mere one point nine thousand check-ins. Um, all time, uh, it is a five to six percent alcohol. Um, okay, you know, I mean, I, you know whatever. So Oda Creek and Lambic, it's a heavy, uh, you know, fruit intensity thirty-five to fifty percent. So it's a heavy fruited, very rare.
0: Yep. I don't think anybody's getting into this beer by mistake, thinking that this is a Budweiser or Coors or PBR. Everybody getting this beer knows what they're getting and they're sorted out in in some manner or another. So I think this is for people that like that style of beer. So automatically you, you think this score is going to be through the roof and with the brewery's reputation That should also lead you to score it through the roof. But these particular beer nerds are the beer nerds of beer nerds and they're European. And I think they can mark these beers relatively harshly compared to the haze nerds in America. So in saying all that, I think this comes in at just a touch over the 4.1%. Doesn't get higher than that. I'm going to go with four point one two. Four point one two is where I land on that. With all that bizarre, drawn out reasoning,
1: Tony, that's not quite. Uh, it's a four point two nine for the Dry Creek and Lambic. Um, these are tricky though. These are these are you know whole other stratosphere of anything we have <laughs> to deal with. Let's do another one. Um, this one, I think I only saw on a reserve list at this particular brewery. Uh, this is called the purple, uh, is from Degar brewing Degar in Tillamook, Oregon. I had, I had been there. What in November, um, famous place of maker of many yummy sours, uh, American wild ale, 7%, 6.3 thousand check-ins. This is a wild ale aged in oak wine barrels with black and red raspberries. This has a high fruit concentration. You can see it in the color. It is a a dark color with a pink foam, pink head. Um, Heavy raspberry, 7% sour.
0: American wild ale. was not expecting that to be on the list.
1: I'm not sure I've ever seen Degar in a liquor store.
0: <laughs> Have you had Degar?
1: Yeah, I've been to Degar. I, yep. um, I've been to Degar. I've had it in bottle shares. I know people who get who – I'm sure it's been in bottle shops. It is, but I've, I've only seen this beer on their reserve list. I think it was $75. Okay. I did not pay $75 for it. I did bring it home, but I did not pay $75 for it. I think I paid $35 for it. <sighs>
0: Oh, this this is a tough one. I think this is going to score similar to the last one, so I need to put my guess in that region. It's not going to come in where I guessed it. I'm going to go with 2.33. 3.
1: You two. mean 4. You don't Sorry, mean I mean 4.33.
0: 3. Yeah, 4.33. Okay.
1: All right. You get that one. 4.40 for the purple from Degar. Nice. Um, Hell yeah. That's going to be good. I'm super excited for that one. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Let's go with the – let's go back to the gang over at uh, Dree Fontaine. There are more of these. Don't worry. Uh, This one is the – oh, man. Here it is. This is a good – I can't wait to pronounce this. You're going <laughs> to love this. The Druif Muscat Blue, blend okay. number 47. For this, we used Muscat Blue grapes from Windermine Honchef in – Hope. this is funny – Hopertingen-Haspengau region in Flanders. Muscat Blue is a hybrid wine and table grape and has its origins in Switzerland. We macerated the grape must with four different Lambics from two different barrels, macerated for five months, blended the grape Lambic with another three young Lambics prior, prior to bottling. Fruit intensity is 38.1% of grape per liter. Uh, it's 100% Dray Lambic, which is something that is worth noting. Sometimes because these lambic breweries are often more blenderies, so they will yeah. sometimes bring in backup lambic from friends, so bone yeah. or or cantillon or somebody might bring in different Wart or lambic for them to use to back blend.
0: Well, no, it is lambic. It's it's not Wart. They they do swap.
1: No, they need the an actual, lambic. yeah, not, especially young lambic, so a yeah. beer to coupage or something like that. Yeah. Uh, this so this one has one point five k check ins. It's eight percent. This is a great heavy grape, um, probably yeah. not as heavy fruited. And Nothing Dre is as heavy fruited as anything American, so yeah. I was, was gonna say, yes, not as purple it's, it's, as the purple. yeah, the purple, heavy is,
0: fruited for them, it's, it's yeah. more
1: fruit than you would typically find in, say, Oda Creek or something like that.
0: that. That's true because the Australian stuff coming from Deeds that comes in at um, half a pound per liter, which is which is higher right. than what yes, you want, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. But, and these are getting back-blended too, so that's the yep.
0: other thing Lots of complexity. Sounds like a delicious beer. The higher alcohol, I think is going to score it higher. Um, it's going to be in the 4.3s again, not the 2.3s, as I misspoke last time. So 4.36. <laughs> right there
1: near the heat lager,
0: yeah. 4.36 is where I put this beer
1: went a little too far, Tony. It's a four point two three for this one. Really? People don't like eh, people don't like raspberries as, or people don't like grapes as much as wraps, berries and cherries because grapes are not so sweet, especially these wine grapes here. There you go. So, a little trickier. Tony's one for three. He, he's going to need the last two. I'm going to take him to his comfort zone here. Um, okay. We are going to go to the United States of America. Um, for a uh, some good old fucking motherfucking Imperial Pastry Stout, barrel-aged, fully loaded French toast stout from Untitled Art and Angry Chair Brewing in Tampa. It's an Imperial Stout with maple syrup, cinnamon, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and milk sugar barrel-aged in doesn't tell me what it was barrel-aged in for a while. thousand check-ins on this sugary bad boy. And I drank it. I am one of them.
0: Okay. Uh, I don't know what questions to ask you. And these sugar boys, these are the hardest ones of anything. (laughs) Normally I can lock into a region.
1: Nice barrel snap on this. I will say that it didn't drink too hard, but it was was a thick boy for sure.
0: Yeah, but I don't know how other people are going to score it because – it could have been brought out at the time when thick buoy, unbalanced gloopiness was all the rage and having a bit of barrel snap was, was a couple of points off or it could be sort of now where you need even more barrel snap because we're pushing towards more balance. Um, four and a half thousand check-ins gives me good reason to say that they produced in quantity. Um, did people like it? I'm going to say this wasn't a hype boy. I'm going to say this comes in at 4.08. Coming in low. I could have made a mistake.
1: Tony, you made a mistake. It's a 4.37 on the barrel-aged, fully loaded French toast. Tony, the thing is, angry chair is always hype. You always get the hype for the angry chair. That's the tricky part. Oh boy. I'm torn on if I want to go back sour for the last one, or I had two options here. I want to go back to the sour. These are both, these were both purchases by me for me. And you'll know why immediately. All right, let's go with the stout. Okay. This is called Sumi Inc. Is from Grim Artisanal Ales in Brooklyn, New York. I had never seen this beer before ever. Um, but I love Grimm and I think they make great, great beer. So I was excited to find it. Sumi Ink is a massive, chocolatey imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla beans. So a pretty straight down the middle imperial stout. It's been, but this is barrel aged. So you have barrel aged Sumi Ink. Now um, I'm going to take
0: a flyer on the yeah, name, and, one, yeah. and and perhaps you can correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong. But Sumi Ink um, as a product isn't a thick ink, say like an Indian ink, it's a little thinner. Would it be fair to say the stout was in the same way? It's not a glute boy? I either. did not
1: drink this beer. Um, um, let, me, let me look at a picture. I haven't had this one yet. I, I would suspect something from Grimm to be less th- less a thick boy than yeah. the angry chair, but more a thick boy than, say, like, old school stout with yeah, vanilla yep. bean from that, 10 years ago. You know? that, that's so fine. It's going to be sort of a, a down the middle, uh, but a, like maybe just like well-made stout. Yep. I think pretty much everything I've ever had from Grimm. They've done some hype beers. They just do them nicely. Yeah. So they will put some marshmallows in their beer, but it's like, oh, but that's good though, you know?
0: Yep. I can drink more of this sort of stuff.
1: Right. I can This drink has this 5.3 thousand check-ins. It's 13.5% alcohol.
0: This gives me a lot of confidence with this this brewery. I'm going to go into rare territory. I'm going to go into the 4.4 land, but I have to put a zero on the end of that. I have to go 4.4. Yeah, because it could be a point either way. I'm really, I really think this is well made. I just hope there's enough hype behind it to, to live up to it.
1: You got it. It's 4.35. On the Sumi Inc., uh, this one I'm really excited for. I actually brought this one home, um, you know, just straight vanilla, is my yep. is my money zone right there. I'm I'm all over that, uh, so I'm excited for that one. Uh, we'll see, we'll see when I we'll see when I get to that one, but um, hell, maybe I'll be maybe I'll be a lunatic and pop it open tonight. We'll just have to see. Uh, Tony went two of five, not quite good enough, but you know what? Maybe another, maybe another couple days, just to make sure you don't get your mom sick or anything, might not be a bad idea. So, you know, have a nice time down there. Uh, why don't we wrap this thing up and you can tell people where to find us, huh?
0: Absolutely, you can find. Me checking in beers this week, I'm St. Mo's on Untapped. That man that's clearing out his glass is Griff A.D. on Untapped. You can want to send us money even after the uh, poor sound quality that I'm responsible for during this show. You can do that on ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. You can send us an email if you just want to chat or you want to tell us about your podcast directory. We are beer at (laughs) gmail.com. Or you can follow or post us on about Instagram. Us on
1: Quora. Yeah, post, post about, about us on Quora. Just ask, ask some strangers why they aren't listening to us.
0: Maybe it's the sound quality. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod, where you can see this man's mm. lovely beers. I need to get back onto the gram. I promise, occasionally I will I need to post. Put up a picture in the next two months. On my, yeah, you can get in
1: there and post something. Yeah, I'm, I got to do it too, Tony. Uh, you know, uh, if, if I think you gotta, we gotta get a little more threatening. So if you guys, uh, do not give us any money or do not, uh, send us emails to join the discord or do not post on our, or, or send me an Instagram note to join the discord, I don't even need the money. I just want more friends on discord. If you don't do that, the sound quality will be getting progressively worse every single episode. So, oh, well,
0: your threat we, was better than what I was thinking. I'm, i was going to go. Probably for Winston on on New Girl and and <laughs> and um, threaten mm-hmm. that we become a one hundred percent Ron DeSantis supporting podcast and just make it about Ron DeSantis every single episode from All right, well, this and point the forward. sound
1: quality will get worse, also. Oh, absolutely. Time. We'll go but to gaming headsets, uh, muffling into the <laughs> microphone and scratching it and ruining everything. Yeah, it's really <laughs> we're really gonna fuck with it. It's gonna be really bad. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you better you better hang out with us, you fuckers. All right, well, I think that's enough talking for me for the day. Uh, Tony, why don't we uh, let's wrap this up? Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.